so happy you're listening. Thank you for listening. Um, truly, from the bottom of my heart, it means so much to me. And I've had a few of you reach out, and I just want you to know how much I appreciate it. I so appreciate your feedback. I love knowing the parts that you loved about my podcasts and the things that really resonated with you. I love hearing those things. It truly means the world to me. So just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I am super excited about the topic for today. Like could not be more excited. But before I dive into it, I just have to mention that there have been the most ridiculous amount of setbacks for this episode in particular. And I don't know what it is, but I'm taking it as this is like going to be great. I know that sounds twisted and backwards, but like that's all I can think is that these setbacks were only to propel me further. And that is what I'm going with. So first of all, um, the first setback, yeah, I'm going to tell you about these setbacks that just happened because they're just funny now, but, um, just went on vacation with my family. By the way, I'm Kelly. I'm married to a wonderful man named Garrett. We have two precious daughters together. Rella is seven. Remy is five today. Wow. So crazy. And, um, so yeah, so we went on this vacation and, I didn't think about the podcast. I didn't think about it at all, really. Well, I thought about it, but not about doing anything for it, if that makes sense. So, but when we got back, I was like, yes, I was so excited. I had kind of like jotted a few things down on the plane and and was like really excited to dig in. Like I was like, I think I have it. I think we're good. Like I was stoked. And so I go to get all my stuff around, get my laptop all together get, um, you know, my mic all set up and, and then I can't find my mic stand. And so I, I just like shoved it in the dirt of this plant I have in my room. Like I was so excited. I didn't even care. I was like, who needs a mic stand? Whatever. And then I'm like searching all around for my charger. I'm like, okay, my laptop is on 6%. Not much that I can accomplish without, you know, plugging it in, plug it in, plug it in. Why Kelly? (laughs) And, um, so I can't find it. I call Garrett. I'm like, Garrett, where's the laptop charger? (gasps) Kelly, I think I left it in Florida. I was like, seriously? Okay. And I just took that first step back as, you know what? I think I did need more time to prepare. We're good. So then charger comes in the mail. I'm like, yes, it's here. We're good. And I wake up this morning with the intention of recording this podcast episode and find out that our water heater is done. It is, it's life is over. It is kaput. Have to buy a new hot water tank. And if you own a home or even rent a home, or honestly, if you're 25 or older, like you know, oh no, that's like a a big, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but even that, Garrett was more upset about that than me because I'm serious. I was like, no, I have great plans for today. I was so excited. And then you guys, this is the kicker. And then I have already recorded this podcast episode. Yeah. Yeah. This is take two for the entire episode because 
for some reason, and I did testers. I like tested it out. I made sure the sound was good. In fact, I'll probably like stop and do it again in a second because I'm not I'm paranoid. But I am like, okay, we're good to go record the whole thing. And like I was listening back to a few parts and the whole thing has the most obnoxious like cracks and pops. Like when your like um, aux cord won't stay plugged into your car. And it's like cracking about, oh my gosh. So I was like, seriously, something is up. So I don't know, but hopefully that just means that this, this one, this one you're listening to right now is the winner and that's what I'm going with. So just to set you up for like, I'm still pumped. Even after all those things happened, I am still not giving up because I am so excited about today's topic. Okay, but first, I actually am going to test this out. So be right back. Okay, we're good to go. <laughs> Thanks. You know, back in the day when you'd be like, BRB, and then you'd like, go get a drink of water, and you really would BRB. That was like instant messenger days. Okay. Anyways, okay, so today's topic that I'm really excited about is this, embracing perfection. Yes, embracing perfection. But how can we embrace, imper I'm sorry, how can we embrace perfection? We all know no one's perfect. I mean, nobody's perfect. At least I hope, like, I hope nobody's walking around here. Like I'm actually perfect. <laughs> I really don't think anyone is. So how could we embrace perfection? Well, before I go any further, I'm going to read, um, a portion of the Bible. Um, I'm, I'm no expert in this. I'm not a pastor. I didn't go to Bible college. I, I'm not like well-versed or have this like super deep understanding of scripture and like all the deep components of it. Like, honestly, I'm just a girl who was touched by the, the word today. And I am really excited to kind of share with you what I found. So I'm going to read to you from John chapter 17. And, um, and this chapter of John um, is Jesus praying. Yeah, Jesus praying. So first he's praying for himself um, and then he's praying for his disciples and then he prays for all believers. And what I'm noticing about this chapter is like the couple chapters before it and a couple chapters after um, mention like a lot of the stories that him and the disciples, like a lot of the time, a lot of the moments that they were together and a lot of the moments that they shared. Um, so let me just read this and um, then I'll kind of try to unpack some things and hopefully make a connection that really resonates with you guys the way it resonated with me because I haven't had very many of these amazing, like, I don't know, connection or like, not connections, but like uh, enlightenments. I don't even know the word to call it. I haven't had many of them. So I can't help but want to share it when I do find it. So bear with me um, as I read. I'm going to read like a pretty good chunk. So I'm picking up in chapter 17, um, verse 6, and the title of this little section is Jesus Prays for His Disciples. So it says, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. 
You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Wow. Okay. Um, before I unpack that a little bit, or explain rather what that meant to me, um, I want to get back to this idea of embracing perfection, because we know that we can't be perfect. No one's perfect. We all make mistakes constantly. That's like the cliche like, that's like, everyone says that, right? Nobody's perfect. It's like, obvious. Um, so then what do I mean when I say that? Um, what I mean when I say embrace perfection is, and again, might sound cliche, but embracing the perfection of Jesus rather than our perfection. Because what I've noticed is... For myself, I have tried to be perfect, but I didn't even realize it. So I wasn't aware that I was reaching for perfect, which then, I don't know, led me to to not be able to embrace Jesus's perfection for me. Um, I don't know. Let me elaborate. So I, I couldn't believe when my eyes were kind of open to this idea that I was striving for perfection. I couldn't believe that I was striving for perfection because I had so much negative self-talk and I had so much, um, so many things that I thought about myself that I was like, not only do I not think I'm perfect, I think I'm horrible. Like, for example, my negative self-talk sounds a lot like, you suck, you're always going to be like this. It's always going to be a struggle for you. You're complicated. You're super complicated. And why can't you just be normal? And these are the things I'm telling myself every day. So when my eyes were open to the idea that I'm striving for perfection, I was like, yeah. (laughs) Like, seriously, no. Because I didn't think good things about myself ever. I never saw myself in the light of love and beauty. I, I, like you just heard, those are those negative self-talk things that I said a second ago. That's what I thought of myself. So 
for the the thought that I was striving for perfection blew my mind, which means I didn't recognize that I was striving for perfection. And I think that's what hinders me and probably a lot of other people is we are striving for perfection and don't even realize it. So this really got me thinking, how do we recognize that we're striving for perfection? Because what I've noticed about striving for perfection and why we want to recognize that we're doing that is because it steals every ounce of your joy, every single ounce of it, every morsel of joy that could be your day, that could be your life is robbed from us when we strive for perfection. So it's super important that we recognize that we're possibly doing that. Um, And here are a few ways that I began to recognize, oh, Kelly, you're striving for perfection right now. Because then guess what, you guys? When we don't reach it, when we don't reach that level of perfection that we have set an expectation for in our mind, that's when that negative self-talk starts. And we don't even realize it. We didn't even realize we had an expectation of ourselves. Here is how to realize or recognize rather that you are striving for perfection potentially. Here's how to recognize that you are potentially striving for perfection like I was. Number one, you feel it on your heart to correct or fix or change one thing, just one, but then your mind thinks of seven other things that you must correct or that one does not count. For example, I was sitting down reading the other day, writing a little bit. That's the thing about what I'm doing with this podcast is it really forces me to reflect on myself, not my job, not my husband, not my kids, not my friendships, just myself. So this is one of those moments I'm just sitting at the table, I'm reflecting, I'm like, you know what? I really, I want to stop cussing so much. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, Uh, if my pastor is listening, I cuss way too much. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But no, really, I I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's how I was, how I grew up or how the friends I chose to hang out with, like the movies I've watched, I really don't know. But I'm like, you know what? I want to work on that. I am going to work on that, I thought to myself. And then what came in my brain is, okay, but if you want to stop cussing, then you need to... you don't need to watch a single movie with one cuss word, no music with a single cuss word. You might as well cut all those friends out of your life who cuss, which by the way, would be my husband. Um, (laughs) sorry, Garrett. (laughs) Um, and the, like, then the list just went on and I seriously, that was the first time I recognized, whoa, 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 whoa. And I think it's because of how much self-reflecting I've been doing, but I was like, did you just, I'm like talking to myself, did you just notice that? I wanted to correct one thing and my mind pinned along seven other things. Do you know what you're going to do if you think of one thing you want to do better, but then it turns into 70? You're going to say, forget it. You're going to give up. You're going to feel like a failure. You're going to feel, well, here's, here's what you'll really feel, overwhelmed. You'll be like, If I have to do all that, then forget it. I'm just not going to do any of it because that's way too much. And it is. 
It is. You got it on your heart to change one thing, not 70 things. That is too much. It's like another example, like, oh, you know, I really want to start making my bed every morning when I wake up. That's been like something that a lot of people say is really good for them. So yeah, I'm going to start that. And then you're like, okay, and then Oh, but if I'm going to do that, then, oh, my dresser, it better be dusted because what's the point of having a nice, clean bed if your dresser looks like that? Like, I can write my name in the dust and then, and then well, then once I go out to make my coffee, I, I should have a sink that's clean of all my dishes. I don't need to go out and make and have my bed made, but then go out and, like, look at all this filth in my sink and while I make my coffee. So, so then I better always have the dishwasher. Oh, my gosh, you guys, I just realized it's like if you give a mouse a cookie. <laughs> wow, I just, it's like that. It's like we want one, we want to work on one thing, but then it turns into 50 other things. It's like the grown up version of if you give a mouse a cookie, but it's not a good thing because then you'll get nothing done. Because, well, if I have to do 80 things instead of one, who wants, who wants to, you can't, you guys, you just can't. And I think this is crucial to recognize in ourselves. Like, no. You wanted to work on one thing, and no matter where your mind tries to take that, work on the one thing. The one thing. That's it. Um, okay. So the second thing is that that you may notice about yourself, and that might be a sign that you are striving for perfection, is if you have a dream or a desire in your heart or like a big ambition but you're willing to do sketchy things to get there. So you have a dream or a desire that you really want in life, but you're willing to do sketchy things to get there. You're probably aiming for perfection. So for example, like you go on Google and you find this perfect recipe that you're gonna cook for dinner. I mean, it checks all the boxes, it's healthy, it's delicious. It's really kind of on the like less expensive side. You're craving it. Like how often does that happen? Healthy and you're craving it? Like psh. And so you're like, "Yes." And you forget to lay the meat out for this recipe that you found that you're so excited to make. And you're in your car and you're on your way to work and you're like, "Oh my gosh. Why? I didn't leave the meat out." So then when you get home from work, you're like, well, maybe it'll thaw out in time if I just leave it out on the counter for like three hours, right? Then it'll be, <laughs> then it'll be okay. You're willing to do sketchy things because you want this perfect dinner when really you could probably just be like, instead of doing the sketchy thing, which is like leaving meat on a counter in June, like when <laughs> it's pretty hot in your house, and you could totally like make yourself sick, you're willing to do the sketchy thing instead of just being like, you know what, tomorrow night will work fine. Tonight I'll just have to eat unhealthy boxed mac and cheese and cut up some hot dogs. And you know what, I'll make a can of green beans with it because at least that's like a little bit of vitamins, you know, instead of doing the sketchy thing, you know. So we aim for perfection by like, we have, we'll, we'll do the sketchy thing that could potentially hurt us. So like a real life example of this is, um, when I was 19, I, I did something like this, but 
not like a silly chicken version or a silly like raw meat on the counter version. Um, when I was 19, I had these big dreams and these big ambitions. Like I just wanted the finer things in life. I wanted to be successful, um, both financially and like with my relationships. And I, I look back in retrospect and I, I realize that I was willing to do sketchy things to get there instead of taking the time because I was, I was so ready for it to be perfect right here, right now. So I'm 19. I want success. I want good relationships um, and money. Like I wanted to be able to buy the things I wanted and, and live, like, like I said, enjoy the finer things of life. I'm seriously a bit bougie. I always have been. I probably always will be. But at 19, I thought that the only way to live that way was if I had it right now, right this second. So I decided to go and be a stripper. True story. Um, <laughs> and But that got me absolutely nothing but sick. I mean, not physically sick, but mentally sick, spiritually sick. Um, just like if you put the meat on the counter, you're like, it'll, it'll be okay. It'll, you know, dethaw in three hours if I leave it out on the hot counter. Like, no, that's sketchy. And then you're risking so much when you do that because you're so ready for it to be perfect. This is, this is me talking to my younger self. You're just so ready to have things perfect right here, right now. The dream wasn't bad. Me wanting to be, you know, successful financially wasn't bad. And wanting, having, wanting things, that's not bad. But to take the sketchy route to get there because you want it right this second, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. And it shows that you're striving for perfection. And when we strive for, for, for perfection, we are always going to be unfulfilled and unsatisfied at least when we strive for perfection in that way instead of embracing a different kind of perfection which we'll continue on with in just a minute um whew, yeah man you guys <laughs> so the third thing is if the third way let me back up so number one if you feel it on your heart to correct one thing, but then it turns into eight. You're probably striving for perfection. If you have these awesome dreams, ambitions, but you're willing to achieve them by doing sketchy things, you're probably striving for perfection. And if you, <laughs> this one's kind of funny. If you can't enjoy good things that are right in front of you, for anything, like you just can't find joy in anything, even when you're, for example, on vacation, then you're probably striving for perfection. So let me elaborate because I was kind of digging at myself there. Um, <laughs> so three years ago, well, let me back up. I know I just told you that I just got off of vacation with my family. That's not the vacation that I'm talking about. Three years ago, me and my husband went on a similar vacation. We went to the same spot, Sanibel, Florida. But just us two, just us two, the kids were at home with 
our very good friend and they were safe. And it was like, yes, living the life. We get to go on a vacation, just the two of us, to a tropical island for seven days. Yes. You guys, I was miserable that whole vacation. Not the whole thing. I have some good memories from it. Let me not, let me not exaggerate. I have some good memories from that vacation. But for the most part, my overall disposition, my attitude within myself was tense. I don't really know how to describe it other than like I was not, I wasn't like living my best, I wasn't having my best time on vacation with no kids. Like seriously, who doesn't like, you know, I don't know. Whereas this vacation we had so many hiccups going on this vacation that we just got back from. We went to Sanibel. We took our kids. It was amazing. When we got there to Sanibel, Garrett was running 103-degree fever. Like, <laughs> there were hiccups. Like, we were doing it with kids. Like, we were in this – we were at my family's house, and it's just super nice and fancy. And I was like, oh, my gosh, kids, don't touch anything. Like, so it was kind of like that. But, like, even so – I had so much more fun on this vacation than ever. And I just truly believe it's because, you know, these last few weeks, I've recognized in myself how I'm striving for perfection. So all that to say, if you're doing something fun, you are literally in the middle of doing something fun and you're miserable, you might be striving for perfection. You might be striving for perfection. You know, like we should be able to go on vacation and have so much fun. Like who cares? We're on vacation. Like you're out to dinner with your girlfriends. Like sit, like we should be able to just sit back and like, man, enjoy each other's company. And like, but you're miserable or like, oh, I don't know. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but, but I just am I'm starting to realize like if you can't have fun when you're having fun, like you're probably expecting too much and probably not from that moment. You're probably just expecting too much out of life in general like I was. Like, you know, so so those three points um, I think are super important. I think they're important because if we don't recognize in the first place that we're striving for perfection, we'll never know why we keep feeling so empty and so restless. We, we're not going to know. Like, why do I feel restless? I have no idea. Oh, it could be because I'm expecting everything to be perfect. But so then the big question is, well, how do you, how do you correct that? How do you correct that? So... Getting back to this chapter in John, I like had an epiphany because I'm reading this as Jesus is praying for his disciples. He's praying for them fervently. He's saying things like, and glory has come to me through them. He's saying, these disciples that, that are mine and are yours, God, they, they brought me glory and I love them and then there's there's this part where it says um um my prayer is not that you take them out of the world that but that you protect them that you protect them from the evil one 
So, so he's praying for us and it's overwhelming. But you guys, listen to this. Okay. So then the very next chapter, chapter 18, chapter 18, you know what happens? Peter denies Jesus three times. It's the next chapter. It's the next chapter in the book of John. The chapter right after where God is praying for us and, and praying that praying that I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I am praying these things to you, God, so that they might have the full measure of your joy when he knew. He knew that days later, Peter was going to deny, deny Jesus. I don't know him. I don't know who you're talking about. No, I was not with him. I'm, I, I'm not with him. I don't know him. He prayed this fervent prayer when he knew what we were going to do. He knew the whole time that we were going to fail him. that we were going to make choices that would hurt ourselves and and hurt him, but he didn't care. He didn't care. So if I can leave you with anything from this today, it's fill your heart with the joy of knowing that nothing has to be perfect. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jesus is going to come through for you, praying for you, on your side, he's here for you, even when he knows, he knows what you're going to do. He knows how you're going to fail. He knows the ways that you're going to mess up. He knows it. And yet he still says, and glory has come to me through them. He still believes and loves us, believes in us and loves us. He's rooting for us. And I just hope that that touches your heart the way it touched my heart because what a relief. What a relief that it brought me. And I hope that it brings relief to you to know as you recognize, oh man, I'm striving for perfection, to, to, to sit back and be like, but you know what? He's given me the fullness of his joy even in these moments. Even in these moments. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear this, but my dog just came in here and began scratching himself <laughs> all the way, all over. Quit, <laughs> quit. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. A oh, little comedic relief to that super emotional moment for me. Um, yeah, so moving on. If you know me, you you know that as much as I love the um the spiritual moments that come as we go through this walk with Jesus um if you know me you know that i also love practical and i think Jesus does too i think he was very practical and so i was enlightened by this but at the same time i want to leave you with some practical advice as you begin to recognize wow i'm i'm striving for perfection right now and and what can i do to be okay with it not being perfect. How can I be okay with that? And something that has really helped me is um, 
is gratitude is gratitude. And I know, I think this is going around a lot recently, like everyone's saying it and I get it, but for good reason, because it is a game changer, you guys. And I'm, I'm not talking the kind of gratitude where you wake up and you're like, Lord, thank you for letting me see another day. Like, (laughs) sorry if you pray that I'm really, I'm really sorry. It's not a bad thing to like, I can, if you, if that is your prayer when you wake up, like I think you are way better than me because when I wake up, I'm like, no, why? Like, that is just not the first thing that comes to my mind. If anything, Lord, take me in my sleep and let me be in heaven with you. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love my family. Um, I'm talking more like throughout your day, those times when something happens and you're just like, wow, and you just love it. But it can it can be it can kind of be easily overlooked. So it's some it's you have to pick something that it's not a huge thing. It's not your husband, it's not your kids, it's not your mom, it's not you know, things like that. It's like the smaller things. At least that's what I found really helps me. So for example, the other not the other day, it was actually like a month, a few months ago, actually. And I was driving down the street and I remember being in like ugh like a blah mood, which if you've heard a little bit of my story, you'll know that like up until about eight weeks ago, that was really my mood a lot, like most of the time, like blah. And so I was probably in one of those moods and, but I'm driving and it's like the early morning, the sun's just starting to like really shine really brightly. And there's this big giant shade tree as I'm driving. I'm like, oh, that's pretty. And then basking in the shade of this shade tree is the most precious kitty cat. Again, if you know me, you know I love cats. And if you're one of those people that think like cats are the spawn of the devil, just you don't even want to listen to my podcast because, oh, I love them. I just love podcasts. I'm just kidding. Still listen. But um, I love cats. I just love them. And so I just see it and it's like licking its cute little orange paw and it's so fluffy and the breeze is like, it's like going through its fur. And I'm serious. It sounds so cheesy, you guys. But dead serious, I was so grateful that I saw this cat like bathing itself in a shade tree in a perfectly manicured lawn the green, green grass. And I was like, wow, thank you that I saw this cat. Now yours does not have to be as as cheesy as that. I promise it doesn't have to be. But that was something that genuinely, I was genuinely overcome with joy that I was like a viewer of that beauty, like seriously. So it can be something small like that, something so small, like you go through McDonald's. Yes, I eat McDonald's. Gosh, I'm not perfect. And like your fries are like steaming hot, steaming hot. So serious. I would be like, wow, thank you. Yes. Like be full of gratitude for the little things. Like, you know, I'm trying to think of another thing um, off the cusp, even though I just recorded this episode, but I struggled then too. <laughs> or like, what about... Oh, what about when you wake up in the morning, your alarm goes off at like 6 a.m. and you're not tired? What if your alarm goes off and you're like, wow, I actually feel refreshed. Thank you. Like those little things, like 
And yeah, if you in a moment are overcome with joy of, with your kids and like your husband, yeah, write those, like think of those things or even write them down. I'm more of a person that just recognizes it in the moment. But seriously, you guys, it's like I saw one thing that I was grateful for. And then before I knew it, it was building up to like throughout my whole day, even when my day wasn't perfect. I mean, I didn't, it wasn't any better per se than it was a few months ago. It's like just a new outlook. So that's something practical that I want to leave with you. And kind of a second thing, and I'm, I'm stealing this from Judah Smith, but a second thing that's really helped me is like, this might sound discouraging to you, but, but don't take it that way. Like it doesn't matter. Like whatever you're stressing about, like, and I'm talking like things that I would go through, like the house and the errands and the, the work I have to get done after work and the, those kinds of things I would just like build up and like, like it doesn't matter. I know, I know. I'm going to say it again. It doesn't matter. Who cares? And what I, what I took away from the sermon by Judah Smith is like, you get to take things with you to heaven and it's not like your workload or like your house that is clean or not clean. You don't take those things with you to heaven. You take with you to heaven your memories and your knowledge. And um, oh, there was one other thing, but now I can't even remember it. But those two obviously stuck out to me the most, which for good reason, like I'm not going to take my house clean or not to heaven with me. I'm going to take my memories like with my family and with my the things I've done in my life right? So like I could sit here and live this year so mad that I can't catch up on anything or I can live this year being okay that things are not perfect and find the joy that the Lord has prayed over my life because I don't know if you know this or not, but like we're his disciples. So so he's praying those things for us. Um, and then you take your knowledge, like constantly learning, like I love how he used this illustration. Like he used this illustration of, I don't know, some people think that we go to heaven and it's like a, a reboot. It's like, oh, I'm in heaven now. Who am I? Who are you? What do I know? Like, no, that's not how it's going to be. You're going to take your knowledge and your memories with you. Like those things are everlasting. So, so you could get in a tissy that things are not perfect or you could sit back and be like, wow, this is not eternal. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Not saying to not put forth your best effort and to start being a hoarder and like never touch your house again. But I always use the example of the house because that's just something that's always been huge for me, like getting over that my house is not perfect. Um, but you could live in misery about that or you could, wow, create a memory, build some knowledge create a schedule that way you can have the best of both worlds but more than anything you can live in joy you can live in joy and I just I just got to read this again because my prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one they are not of the world even as I am not of it so it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter we're not of this world we're not that's not the point right it's just not the point and then I'm jumping back up to verse 16. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Even when things are not perfect, we get to have the full measure of his joy. 
but we have to we have to stop reflect on ourselves and think am i trying to be perfect right now am i trying to make the things around me perfect am i trying to make the people around me perfect do i want perfect circumstances right now and if the answer to that is yes embrace that your perfection is not based on your doing and nor will it ever be but your perfection is based on the perfect deed that Jesus did for us when he died on the cross for our sins and, and rose again the third day. And that's the super Christian answer to that. But, I mean, what do you do when the truth is sitting right here in front of you? I don't know. As I hold my Bible and just, oh. So, yeah. You guys, embrace the perfection of Jesus so you can live your life. So you can live your best life. Embrace the perfection of Jesus so you can live your best life. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. You're the best.